I've had the the privilege and the opportunity to uh, to speak to a wide variety of people just in the last few years. I mean, in the the course of the last decade or more, um, just you know, speaking to various groups of teenagers and um, and church people and recovering addicts and inmates and um, and specifically in just in the last few months, it has been very apparent that I am called, if you want to use that that term, but I am I'm called and I have a passion for speaking to people who are struggling that don't feel like they can go to anybody else. And and it can be struggling in a lot of ways, but I feel like that probably the most taboo topic of conversation, especially in the in the church world, is um, surrounding mental health. And uh, I got to speak last week at a youth conference and um, and just to do a breakout session specifically about mental health and it was just it was eye-opening and also confirming when I asked uh, I mean it was it was two different groups and I don't even know probably 50 or more teenagers in those groups um, and I just asked them like you know in your in your lifetime in your church experience if you you know you've been raised in church raised in a youth group how many times um, or have you ever heard mental health talked about in a church setting? And I think one person said yes. And, and you know, and everybody else did not, like, did not raise their hand. And I don't know if they were just not raising their hand because they didn't want to. Uh, but I feel, I feel pretty certain it's because they were being, they were being honest that they have not heard this, like, this conversation talked about um mental health is just as important as any other health um, whether it's physical spiritual emotional uh you know whatever it may be and I think that it is swept under the rug and uh especially in Christian circles it is made to be like something that you can just pray away or you know just read certain scriptures and just have faith and it'll go away and I would, I would love to believe that that is true. However, I don't believe that's the case. I think that there are certain things that God allows to happen. And I don't understand why, because I really don't understand a lot of what God uh, does and what he allows and, and why he allows it. But I do, I do believe that the suffering that we go through it can produce fruit in our lives if we allow it to. And I only believe that because Jesus himself went through the ultimate suffering and it brought about life and hope for humanity. So I have to believe that suffering is inevitable and that depending on how we handle it, uh, how we approach it, how we deal with it, how we process it, uh, that will just largely determine the the impact and the effects of it in our life. So I am A-OK with uh, breaking the mold of, um, of talking about mental health issues from a Christ-following perspective. Now, I have talked to so many people of different faiths and different religions and people that do not associate with any religion, uh, I mean, even some that, you know, I've, I've heard that there are like literally like, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of different religions that have um, been labeled as a certain religion, just like in our world right now. 
and um, had a conversation maybe a year or two ago with somebody, and he was telling me about what he believed, and I've I've never like never heard like what he was saying, but he was so he was so convinced of it, he was so passionate about it, and like it it's been it's been like. I guess rare in some cases to see even people who follow Christ being as persuaded and as confident in their faith as this guy was about his that, you know, to me was so foreign. And, you know, it just let me think like, you know, everybody believes in something. Everybody believes in something that is, is bigger than us, regardless of what that is. And we, we like, we find that, um, you know, we, we build our lives and our foundation on something and sometimes we build it on money and status and prestige and titles and labels and uh, just, you know, our bank accounts and our homes and our cars and our family and um, how we look and our clothes and all these kind of things. Like, that's where people find their value and their worth, you know, but But what happens when, like, we put on all these things? I mean, it doesn't matter what you're putting on, whether it's your physical clothes or whether it's the clothes that you're wearing that are not visible, but we are wearing something. We are either wearing, um, in, in, in Christian circles, then you're like, you're wearing the armor of God. You're, you're clothed in righteousness and clothed in humility. Um, other people, they are wearing, uh, pride and (laughs) everything that they, are just portraying and hoping to be it's all in like in self and just how they can look and be portrayed and be thought of by other people and it's like what you know what is in what's in your wardrobe that you're putting on every day like what are the first thoughts in the morning when you wake up and you're about to to just get started with your day like what are the last thoughts that you're thinking before you go to bed at night of how you accomplished whatever you set out to, you know, at the beginning of the day. And it's just, it's so much that's going on in our minds with all of that, that it doesn't really matter so much how people view us as much as what we may not want to talk about, but how we view us. Like, what do you honestly think about yourself? just want to like I just want to like let that breathe for a minute because we don't we we really don't talk about this like I feel like that there's a few people that I've started conversations with and they're like man this is so refreshing to hear you know somebody talk about this but you know we don't really think about like what do I think about myself how do I view myself every day what do I like what what do I feel like that my actual worth and value is? Um, it's really, I mean, it, what I, I could like, I could literally take a poll right now of the richest person in the world when it comes to monetary value to the poorest person in the world. And I would almost be willing to bet you <laughs> if I was a betting person that the person with like less money would have more peace and more contentment than the person with more money. That's not to say that all are like that. Uh, but I just know that, you know, I've, I've been on skid row and I've talked to people who live a life based out of 
um, a cardboard box and a tent that do not know where they're going to be getting food from that day. But the smiles and the contentment that they have in that situation is more than people that I talk to that are literally millionaires and are probably in somewhat of debt and and they're stressed out about um, just just whatever it is like and I, I've heard people even talk about that you know you could have million dollar problems or you can have hundred dollar problems and everybody's gonna have issues and obstacles that we have to overcome and like at the end of the day how do we see ourselves? And if you have kids, like, how are your kids viewing you? Like, if you have kids, is, is the way that you're living and viewing yourself the way that you want them to live as well, like, as they're growing up and for them to view themselves the way that you view you? I don't have kids, but there's a lot of kids in my life that I am surrounded with and, and, and I make it an intentional effort to surround myself with them because like these are lives that are being brought up and in some way I may have the opportunity to invest something eternal in them and I don't want to take that lightly so so this whole episode is just based on like how do you view yourself you know, without trying to, to put on this facade or um, to mask things that you might be struggling with underneath by, um, by looking good or smelling good or, um, you know, just putting out this front that, you know, everything is good. Like, how do you view yourself? It's so easy in the, in the business world and even in the church world that we just kind of make everything out like everything's okay and maybe there's only a handful of people if that that we can even confide in to say like hey I'm, I'm, I'm not okay right now I heard somebody say that you know especially in church when you're asking somebody how they're doing and they're like you know God is good all the time <laughs> and they give these like cliche bumper sticker answers and, and the guy was like, I know God's good, but how are you? And the way that I was raised and the, the way that I was brought up was that, like, if God's good, so am I. And there is some truth to that. I will not negate that at all. However, I do know that God is completely and just in every way perfect. And humanity is not we are redeemed we have a hope but there's still going to be things that we struggle with in this world that we probably are not going to be able to avoid or prevent so we have to know hopefully beforehand so that we're not just blindsided but we have to know at some point like how am I going to handle this when it comes up because there's going to be situations where whatever your faith is in, it's going to be tested. It's going to be shaken. And what do we do with that? If it like rocks you to your core, then what do you have to stand on that's infallible? With mental health issues that I've battled with depression, 
and you know people kind of lump that together with anxiety um I don't know that they're <laughs> actually I do know they're, they're not the same thing but um but one kind of encourages the other to kind of come along with it so with the depression then the anxiety comes comes along like I don't really know how to deal with this depression so I become anxious I don't know how to vocalize it so I have to suppress it and then I'm anxious because I'm like I need to let it out but I don't know how and I don't know to whom that I can let it out so yes God is perfect And we are all striving towards and working towards perfection. But we are all a work in progress, literally our entire lives. So there's nobody that is 100% whole and 100% well. My, My hope is that you are more whole and more well today than you were yesterday. And that it just goes back for all of the years of your life. There's been a a constant progression but that's not that's not the case for everybody like there are some people who are struggling and they might have like the whole two steps forward and one step back some people might have 10 steps forward and 20 steps back just depending on what life throws at them and and what their foundation is that keeps them grounded and keeps them going I told somebody just recently that I don't <laughs> Like, I don't ever claim to have it all together. Even when I was, uh, it like, leading in church and um, doing all these church things, like, I was very adamant about, like, telling the people that I was leading, I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. But I do have a hope. And that hope is what, like, keeps me breathing. I do have faith. I mean, everybody has a measure of faith. Even people who claim to be atheists, they have to have faith that there's nothing more than them. Like, that's a faith. They're basically just making themselves their God. So everybody has faith in something. But, like, what is your faith in? What's your hope in? doesn't matter what diagnosis I get or what people think about me or what my counselor or psychiatrist or whatever like what we have to work through my hope doesn't change just I mean just this year in 2021 I finally stopped fighting what I felt like I needed to do which was to to take a medicine that would help to balance some chemicals in my brain so that I wouldn't feel uh every day like either that I wanted to die or that I had to stay so busy and so distracted from everything that it made me feel like I didn't want to die but it was because I was just distracting everything else so my counselor recommended that I see a psychiatrist for a confirmed diagnosis I took her up on it and I did that and I'll be honest the last four a little bit over four months Um, the medication that I've been on has been extremely helpful I do not plan or intend on being on this forever but I do believe that it has been really good to just kind of stabilize me mentally so that I can actually do physically what I know I'm called to do and what I'm capable of doing 
But the mental health aspect that when I'm not well mentally, that it absolutely affects what I can do physically and spiritually and emotionally. Like everything starts with the mind. Everything starts with a thought. Everything that we do, everything we believe, everything starts in the mind. Even our faith starts in the mind. Like we have to think it to believe it. And so how in the world have we missed this? Like as a generation and even before that, that we just feel like that the mental health aspect is something to just be like prayed away. Like you, I I believe in miracles. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You cannot sway me that there are miracles that happen that are just supernatural and nobody can logically explain what happened. No doctor, no psychiatrist, no anybody can figure out how something happened. I believe in miracles. Obviously, Jesus performed miracles all the time. (laughs) Not all the time, but in his years of like ministry, in those three years that he had from 30 to 33, like he was doing miracles that were absolutely like undeniable. But he also, I mean, you you can read in the Gospels like what he did. And I know he did a whole lot more than what was even documented. But how many other people were around him and following him and listening to him that may have had issues, but they didn't get a supernatural miracle? I mean, the the percentage is probably like 10%, if that, that actually experienced a miracle for them personally that we're listening to his teachings and watching his life and just following him like that. Even the disciples that were close with him. I mean, they didn't become perfect just because they answered the call to follow him. They still struggled. Like Thomas still battled with like, I don't know if I believe I've been following him for three years, been living life with him. But after Jesus was crucified and resurrected he was like I don't know I don't know if I believe that and Jesus like made it a point to to go specifically to him so that he would believe and show him everything that he wanted to see and so many others like uh, of the disciples like they they battle with their own things they battle with anger and with a not so great uh temperament (laughs) and their personality type was not very compliant or agreeable some of them were pretty um hated for maybe what they did prior to following Jesus but like I said following Jesus does not make you perfect it changes your outlook it changes your perspective it changes you on the inside but everybody around you and how you think sometimes like that's still that's still a work in progress So I'm saying all this to say that if I have to be a spokesperson, if I have to be somebody that is willing to talk about a topic that is taboo for most people, I'm willing to do it for the sake of somebody that may experience healing. And it may not be this supernatural, miraculous, like 180 degree night to day turnaround healing. Again, 
it can happen. But I haven't seen that as often as I have seen the gradual process of healing, of learning to walk with Jesus, learning to walk through suffering, learning to walk through a time where we have to wait to see something that we believe actually be manifested. There is, there is a purpose in everything that we're going through. Now, I'm going to be, be real <clears throat> honest <laughs> right here. Like some of the situations that we're going through, we have put ourselves into. It has not been that we are the victim of a situation. Some cases we are. We are a victim. We had no control over the issue. But in a lot of cases, we made choices that put us in a situation where now we have to deal with the consequences and deal with the, the recovery of that. And it's hard. But it is absolutely beneficial for us and everybody that is connected to us to walk through it boldly, humbly, and confidently that when you're suffering and you're experiencing things that are unpleasant and that are painful at times, if our perspective is right, it is going to bring about fruit in our lives. It's going to bring about something beautiful. It's going to produce perseverance in our lives. It's going to produce endurance. It's going to produce resilience. If you never go through anything hard, how are you going to know that that you've overcome anything? To overcome something, you got to come over something. You got to come over a hurdle. You got to come over an obstacle. Like, yeah, you got to do hard stuff. But it's possible. It's absolutely possible. I've spent the last couple days just kind of like thinking because I've I've literally almost been bedridden with the pollen and the allergies but I've just been thinking about just the big picture of life and I think about that a lot but sometimes we get so busy that we just kind of forget and we just narrow in and we zoom in on just like the day-to-day life but still we know that there's a big picture of life and I've spent today as like a like a self-care day to let my body rest. But even while my body was resting, I wanted to have stuff like coming into my ears and coming into my eyes that was going to build up my spirit and my mind. And it's been so fruitful. I've cried today. I've been convicted today. I've been inspired and encouraged today. I've watched interviews and YouTube videos. I've listened to podcasts. I've had conversations with people real time, like through my phone. I've had conversations with people that have literally, it has, it has like lifted my spirit where I feel like, okay, I can, I can keep going. And did I need those things to feel that? Probably not. I could, I could tell myself that I can encourage myself that. And I do. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) But even though my body and my flesh was weak today, 
I felt like that my spirit was strong. And there are some days that I don't feel like anything is strong in my life. So that's when that's when we need <laughs> maybe we need some encouragement. I was telling a group of students last week that those moments where we feel like that we need encouragement the most, but we're not really getting it, to encourage somebody else. And psychologically, our body does not know how to differentiate between the feeling of encouraging somebody else and encouraging ourselves, Or being encouraged by somebody. Because our body feels the same thing. It feels encouragement, whether we're giving it or receiving it. In the same way, if we're judging somebody or shaming somebody, our body feels the judgment and shame in itself as if we're doing it to ourselves. Our minds and our psyche is like, it's so intricately designed that we are, we are not made to, to discourage or to shame or to judge anybody else. That is not our place. We are created for community. We're created to build each other up, to edify each other, to encourage to support, to strengthen. And a little, a little bit of encouragement. Just like one, one little sentence that could be random to somebody else could be absolutely life-changing. Absolutely life-changing. So don't neglect the power of your words of encouragement. I've received encouragement today that I did not expect, I did not ask for. And it's been so nice. I don't get that every day. And I don't give that every day either. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I don't. I wish I wish I could say I did. I wish I could say I do everything right all the time, but I don't. I'm just so tired of seeing people that are struggling mentally to the point that they feel like that their life is meaningless and useless and hopeless. It's probably largely because of the the culture that we're living in right now where everything is so fast-paced and so instant and so filtered. I don't wish that I lived in a different era because I believe that God put me here for a reason, that I'm in this time and this year and this day for a reason. But man, how much more simple and peaceful would life be if we didn't have all these distractions, all these comparisons, everything on the news and all these ads and our social media and then just social media as a whole where we feel like we're having to compare ourselves to everybody all the time or to flaunt our own lives or to make people believe that we have the best life when, dude, I'm just trying to live. I'm tired of it, man. 
I'm so tired to the point of, I feel like I have to get up out of my tiredness. Even if it means that I'm struggling to get out of my own head, out of my own mental instability at times, to do something about it. And when I do something about it for me, I believe it's doing something about it for a whole lot of other people. And I may never see all the people that it impacts, but I believe in a domino effect. I believe that every one conversation that I have could impact hundreds, thousands, millions. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I've stopped putting a cap and a limit on God and what he's capable of doing in other people's lives. I've just, I'm, he's so much bigger (laughs) than I have, like I've ever imagined ever. I don't want to, I don't want to put a roof on him. And I know that he's with me. He's with me in my darkest moments where I feel like that I can't get out. He's with me in my loneliest moments where I feel like there's nobody. And if there is somebody, I don't want to bother them with my own struggles, with my own problems, my pettiness, whatever it is. But he's with me and he listens and he talks back. Maybe not in English, maybe not even in words, but he talks back. I'm going to end this with a quote that I have on a tapestry in my bedroom. So I look at it every morning throughout the day. If I'm here every night before I go to bed. But it's from Frederick Buckner. I'm assuming it's Buckner. I don't know how to pronounce that spelling, but we're going to say it's Buckner. And it reads, he said, one life on this earth is all that we get, whether it is enough or not enough. And the obvious conclusion would seem to be that at the very least, we are fools if we do not live it as fully and bravely and beautifully as we can so let's live our lives fully and bravely and beautifully don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to reach out to somebody don't be afraid to encourage somebody even if you don't feel like you got the right words it could change somebody's life it's changed mine As always, y'all know that I'm open to talking to anybody. I will will not have all the answers, but I can be somebody that listens. And if I have any advice or any experiences that I can offer some encouragement, I will do that. It's probably not a week that goes by that I don't get at least one uh, text, call, message in some way like, of somebody who's struggling, somebody who's suicidal, somebody who's battling with whatever that just needs to know that somebody's there, that that they care, that they'll pray for them, believe with them, encourage them, whatever it is. And I just want to be that person, even if I don't have the answers. So I'm with you. I'm for you. I support you. I love you. If you've got any questions, anything, reach out to me. And I love y'all.
And as always, thanks for listening to Church Talks.